This is FBG Jen and FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margo, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have Jen. What up? And we have Kristen. Hola. And Kristen and I talked to another Kristen today, so I hope it doesn't get confusing for you guys. We talked to Kristen Hetzel, and you want to talk about somebody who's busy. She does duathlons. She's a professional athlete, does duathlons. She's a physical therapist, and she's an actress, and she manages to do all these things. She works out twice a day when she's in training, and Kristen and I were just completely impressed with this woman because she seems to get so much done in, you know... With, with such a busy schedule. And I, I don't know. What did you think about her, Kristen? Oh, super impressive. I I had to kind of keep my cool because I'm like, I don't know. I don't even understand how you create that many hours in a day because that is that does not seem to be how my life works. So I I thought it was really cool. And I liked that she was, you know, there there seemed to be a certain intuitiveness about it. Like she she talks about how she understands when one thing needs to take priority over another and she just shifts when that is the case, which I think is really probably what you have to do. But it's really nice to hear that someone who, you know, who does have so much going on at such a high level, you know, really can can remain mindful about what it is that really needs her attention at any given time. And she gets nine to ten hours of sleep a night. So I, so wow. I, was like, I know. Yeah. So I was doing the math. Like, well, does she go to bed at like seven o'clock or eight o'clock? And does she get up? At, uh, maybe maybe part two. We'll do an interview with her and really like break down her day. Because but you guys will love this. <laughs> yeah. She's so sweet. She's from West Virginia. Just a spoiler. She's the first person to mention a country song as the song last song she heard before she did the interview, which was like a oh. cool new twist on things. So I guess I wanted to ask you guys, how do you? We all. So the three of us are very busy. We have multiple hyphenates I guess you know who we are in our daily lives and how do you guys find time to do all the things that you like to do you know how do you prioritize so Jen do you want to go first sure and I am so excited to hear Kristen both Kristen's take on this but particularly um, Kristen Hetzel in this interview because I would be yeah especially and get that much sleep anyway but um because I could probably learn a few things from her if she's got some some tips some hacks there you know what's funny is that I by nature am a planner. I am someone who, oh my God, like back to school time for me when I was a kid and you would like get your new schedule, whether it was like in high school or college or when I was in graduate school, I would get so excited. Like here are my classes, here are the times. And then I would like organize my life. Like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym this time. And then I'm going to go to class and study here and I'm gonna hang out with friends here. And Uh, Oh my gosh, like every single semester, I was so into doing that. And I still kind of operate like that in some ways. Um, I like to, but I have found, especially since having my daughter, that that's just not really a reality. Like having a set schedule, it's not, well, I guess it's 
Okay, so sometimes you can have a set schedule and it can kind of work, but I would find that I would have a lot of stress if I wasn't able to maintain my set schedule. So when I had my daughter and things needed to be a little bit more kind of like in flow and evolving, I just, I, I would feel really bad when I couldn't follow my schedule. So it was actually causing me stress. Um, and I was like, well, this is the opposite of what I'm trying to go here. I'm trying to, you know, set things up so that I do everything that I want to do, I accomplish the things I want to accomplish, and I feel really good about it. If I'm not feeling good about it, I have to change things. So this has kind of been a, a process for me for the last mm, six months or so. I've really kind of like loosened up on my entire <laughs> my entire life. So I definitely try to have like set work hours, and I also have found that going to the gym first thing in the morning, my husband and I switch days is the best thing. And we try to like, he normally gets, it, it keeps changing. He normally gets like Wednesdays and Fridays and I get Tuesdays and Thursdays and Mondays. And then we try to like split the weekend or do something together on the weekend. But even that changes all the time. So I've really taken the approach that instead of trying to follow like something that's really strict is I look at basically every every couple days as it's happening and be like, okay, when can I get my workout in? When can I do this? What are the two main priorities that I really want to do? And usually it's like a couple work projects and it is that workout and like making dinner or having social time. So, and then I plan from there. It is like so much ebb and flow and then someone gets sick or there's days off from school or something and then I have to completely change it again. But I feel like it's been a really good life lesson to me, honestly, to just be actually more mindful and be more in flow and realize that everything, if everything doesn't go according to plan, it's actually fine. And you can actually make a lot of room to do maybe things that weren't scheduled that you didn't know you needed to do, like fill up your pool in the backyard and play in the water for an hour, you know? And that's, I, that's some of my overall life lessons from being a parent. But I, there is so much, though, of balance that I think is, is difficult. I feel like on one day I can be, you know, like a super awesome, I can run my company really, really well or be like really on point and really be a writer. And then the next day I might not be as much in that role and I may be like a really awesome mom. But and I might have a clean house or I might not have a clean house, but everything is not going to be hundred percent all the time. So it just kind of ebbs and flows and shifts. And then you just kind of have to be cool with being imperfect, which is kind of fun. I think I told Kristen yesterday, I was like, it's awesome not being perfect. Cause when yeah. you mess up at something, you're just like, huh, that's cool. <laughs> Carry on, fix it. Carry on. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? Well, I think somewhat similar. Also, I just want to say that like you, you're another one who, there are times when I'm like, I have absolutely no idea how you have gotten all the things done within a day that you get done. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So first and foremost, I am a big sleeper. That's that's a really big priority for me. So I will, if I've got something planned for a morning, and but I find that I'm not going to be able to go to bed at a reasonable hour the night before, I will move stuff. Like I I can get away with maybe a day, possibly two of suboptimal sleep. Beyond that, though, like I'm going to be scheduling out nine, maybe even 10 hours to, to try to catch up. And I know I don't know if the sleeping reserve is a myth or not, but I like that sleep is a really big priority for me. I just I will go to bed at 930 if I'm feeling tired and I know that I need to catch up on sleep. 
And that's what allows me to most of the time be able to get up and go to the gym really early or do that stuff um, if I want to. But kind of as a general rule, I, I will look at my schedule and I put into my calendar, I think we've talked about how much I love the, the Google calendar in mm-hmm. the past here. But if there's something that involves other people, I get that scheduled in there and I look at that as a non-negotiable. Um, and then I, I will move things around based on that. So like if I've got a call with you guys, then that is in there and that is solid and I'm not changing it unless, as we discovered yesterday, we had a surprise tropical storm and I was like, hi, can we move it to another day? Because I'm not sure I'll have power at that time of day today. <laughs> so thank you guys for being flexible, speaking yeah. of making time. Sure. Yeah, but then the other things, you know, if that's socializing or workouts, then I, I sort of look at time outside of my typical day, which I, I look at my work day as pretty much being eight or nine until about five most days. Even though I work from home and can make my own schedule, I find it easier in my head to to have fairly set office hours. Otherwise, I can either fall into the realm of working all the freaking time mm-hmm. or being like, eh, I'll get it done on Saturday, which I won't because I don't work on weekends. And I just like I I can't even turn my brain on to do a great job of working on the weekends. But yeah, other than that, like I, I look at my workload and figure out what things are priorities, what things really have to get done. And then I think about what what I feel like doing that day. So of the things that are priorities and need to be done in the next few days, do I feel creative and like I want to write a post from scratch? Do I feel like I want to get out my red pen and be an editor? Do I feel like I want to do more like back-end stuff? And that if you kind of tune in, at least for me, that's a pretty easy mm-hmm. answer most of the time. Like those are different hats and they feel really different and those are you know, I usually feel up to doing one of those. And then I just sort of move around. And sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, well, I really don't feel creative, but I seriously have to write this stuff. And so then I do. And, you know, you can make it happen if you have to. But it's nice to acknowledge when you have the choice. And then my work. And usually it's so much easier. Like you do something so much faster if you want to do it versus if you are dreading doing it. I feel like that's kind of the secret to doing a lot of stuff is liking all the stuff you're doing and having, well, you have to set yourself to have the energy to do it. So that means working out, but not working out too hard, getting enough sleep, but not too much sleep or, you know, too little sleep. If you can optimize your energy levels and keep your kind of motivation high, you can do a lot in a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you really can. And then, you know, the other thing is I try for the most part to work ahead enough so that when I have a day where i you know, maybe just need like a mental health day or I have an afternoon where I've had, um, was it on uh, Friday? I had a, I had a couple of meetings. I think mostly was all of it with you, Jen? I think it was. I think (laughs) you and I were together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I had had, I had had not an awesome night the night before and we finished at like three o'clock and I said, you know what? I I don't have anything to do. I need to just call it a day because I'm not even, I couldn't even put words together. So I guess for me, like scheduling means leaving enough time when possible to be able to do the things that you want or need to do at the time when you need to do them. So I don't know. I don't think that I, I think that I just gave a lot of really vague answers and I am sorry. It was good. I think the other thing actually that I, that I do too, when I'm really working is, and I've, I've improved 
I've gotten better at doing this is taking more regular breaks because I used to be like, oh, I have six hours of childcare. I'm going to work for like all six hours and do as much as I can. And then I would be like obliterated, you know, right. um, for the rest of the night. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not ideal. I mean, I got a lot done, but, but I found that if I, yeah, go ahead every 90 minutes or so and take 10 minutes to do something else and give my brain a break, mm-hmm. recharge, come back in and then I can keep my focus up at a high level and I'm not like slogging through work and it feels it feels good I mean because what we do is awesome let's be honest yes yeah Margo what about you because you're like teaching and you've got clients and you write yeah, you have to this. go places and do things I have to get yeah. I, I do so I teach fitness I have my own little consulting business during the day my day job I have you guys and then I have podcasts that I'm also working on so yeah I'm a pretty other pretty busy lady so I mean I live by my google calendar I also have a paper calendar I have an old-fashioned wall calendar I write on I write on that everything that's on there I write on that like when my mom's coming to visit and all like everybody everybody else else does but there's times like especially for me if I'm teaching at 7 a.m. I'm in bed by 9 30 you know and I try to be asleep by 10 p.m. because I want my eight hours of sleep that's not negotiable and it's the same thing like I'll move things around but also I've just learned over time when am I good at doing things I'm better at writing middle of the day than the end of the day Mm -hmm. I'm way better at editing at for some reason at the end of the day versus the beginning of the day I'm much better at pulling together a, a playlist on like Friday afternoons versus you know in the middle of the morning or something like that I'm just in a more relaxed mood I'm in weekend mode I teach on the weekends so I've just learned like when I'm, I'm good at doing things but when I get overwhelmed my, my rule and this is my friend's rule and I, I'm taking it from her my friend Laura I look at my everything I'm supposed to do I'm like which is which are the things that pay me and which is the thing that pays me the most? And then, like, that's the priority. <laughs> Make sure that's taken care of. Okay, is that taken care of? Go to the second one. Go to the third one. Like, go to that. Because I have also so many hobbies. I don't have kids, so I have hobbies. And sometimes they can take up some brain space for me. And it's like, okay, it's great to have hobbies. But, you know, you also have to pay your rent, Margo. So that's what, right. I, that's what I have to do. So it's, for me, a big thing is knowing when I'm good at things and when I'm not good at things. And then respecting that. And then taking yeah. weekends off. Because I used to put shit on the weekends and it's like yep you know oh that's i work from home so i could take a tuesday off and go to the movies and blah blah like yeah but you know i don't want to spend saturday afternoon on a beautiful day writing press releases or whatever you know so i I have you have to you have to be a little what's the word i'm strict you know with yourself when you work for yourself and you work from home because it can get a little loosey-goosey but i i try to keep rules i don't have the tv on during the day at all I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I limit social media. I, I do different things. And I'm like you. I will fold laundry or I'll load the dishwasher when I need to take a break. But like everybody else, you know, I work from home. But people think, you know, oh, it's, it's so easy. You could just take off whenever you want. I'm like, no, not really. You still have to get the job done. And so yeah. that's, what I, that's what I'm always working on, that balance of getting everything done. And then having time to just relax and unwind because you need that, guys. You know, you need times when you're not doing anything but just kind yeah. of enjoying yourself. Your brain needs it. I've also found that if you approach different things mentally or approach things mentally in a very, in a different way, it can help you to feel more refreshed by everyday activities. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I used to kind of fall in this mindset. I think this is actually a little bit of how I was raised was that you relaxed at the end of the day. Like you worked, you got up, you did your stuff, you worked, you fit everything in. And then it wasn't until like you pretty much sat down in front of the television ate dinner and that was like your chill time well when I had Gwen then I was like okay so I wouldn't 
I would basically spend my whole day trying to get everything that I need to get done, everything I think that I need to get done, um, which is not actually reality, but that's my, that was my perceived reality. I spend the entire day trying to get everything done. And then, you know, she, now she doesn't go to bed until like 745, eight o'clock. So by the time I come back from there and then pick up toys and my husband and I pick up from dinner, or, you know, whatever, I mean, I have, I go to bed at 930 most nights. I have an hour. That means I have an hour like of the entire day. You know, like that's, that's not, that's not sustainable. No, <laughs> no. You know, so, but if I could, instead of like, and I think this is the kind of the mental trap that a lot of women get into is just like replaying the to-do list in your head. But once I started to be more aware of like, okay, um, why am I spending up so much mental energy thinking about what I have to do in the future? If I just kind of let that go and just am present in the moment. So whether I'm in the car driving, I'm listening to music I want to, or I'm folding laundry, like I get I get to control what I'm thinking, you know, if I can make that more relaxive and I'm playing with Gwen and I'm not trying to, you know, do the dishes while I'm playing with her, I just play with her. And then I'm like, okay, that's fun. Like going to the grocery store can be fun. So it's just kind of how you mentally approach it. I love the grocery store. I love the grocery store too. My God. I mean, with the toddler, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, Exactly. But a solo trip to the grocery store is like a spa day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's like, why don't we just get into today's interview with Kristen. I think you guys are going to really like her. She's a great interview. She was so much fun to talk to. So let's just go into this interview with Kristen Hetzel. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Today, our special guest is Kristen Hetzel, and she is the number seven ranked duathlete and a current member of Team USA. As one of the world's top duathletes, Kristen competes in duathlons, which consist of a running leg followed by a cycling leg and finishing with another running leg. Kristen has been a part of Team USA since 2013 and has been All-American in the duathlon for the last three years. She recently requalified as a member of Team USA for 2018. Kristen's career in competitive athletics began in high school with cross-country and track and continued at the collegiate level after being awarded an athletic scholarship to Wheeling Jesuit University, where she studied biochemistry. In 2006, Kristen added cycling to her athletic repertoire, and within three years was offered a professional cycling contract with the Tri-Sports Cycling Clips racing team. Kristen resides in Los Angeles, where she is studying acting and has appeared in numerous films. She is on our show today to talk about her fitness career, plus her best health and wellness advice. Welcome to the show, Kristen Hetzel. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. We're very excited to have you, Kristen. This is Margo, and on the line today, we have Kristen. Hey, guys. Two Kristens for the price of one today. Two, two, two. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kristen, I'm going to ask you the first question. So, I mentioned in your introduction that you are a duathlete, which means you compete in run, bike, and run events. So can you tell us how you got into this competitive event? Because that seems very daunting to a wimp like me. How did you get involved in this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, um, as you kind of mentioned in my bio, I was a runner in college. I ran uh, from a university. And so my background was running. That was always my first love. And then after college, I got into the cycling portion of it and fell in love with cycling. And so... Uh, raced professionally for about three years doing that. And then in, let's see, it would have been 2012, somebody mentioned this event where you do both. And they're like, you know, you run and you bike. You, you might like this. 
And uh, and so I, I actually did my first event, happened to be the national championships, uh, and I just fell in love with it. So, yeah, ever since then, I've, that's, that's my main sport now. Wow. Go big or go home, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> really, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to commend you on that. That's that's serious. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been really wonderful. It was really, it's kind of a funny story that um, when when I did my first duathlon, I hadn't been running for a while, and my sponsor at the time had said, hey, there's the duathlon national championships are in our town. You should do that. You used to run and you bike now. And I was like, well, I haven't been running though. And this race is in four weeks. And she's like, that's okay. We'll, we'll sponsor you for it. Go ahead and try it. And so it was really exciting because that was actually the first year I qualified for the U.S. team. That was the qualifying event. So I not only found a, a, a new sport that I loved, but, but got on my first U.S. team through that. So that was really exciting. Wow, no wonder you love it. That's a great introduction to it. Right, right. Thank you. Yeah, so, okay, so, and I do, I do triathlon, but the part that I like the best is the swim, so I'm probably not ever going to go into the, the duathlon realm, but can you tell us what the, what the run, bike, run distances are? Sure. The, the event that I do is a 10K run, so 6.2 mile run, and then 40K bike, 25 miles, and then a 5K run. Okay. Awesome. And I think I read on your website that um, a typical race lasts between two and three hours, which is, that's a long time, not only to train your body, but also to just keep yourself like focused mentally. So I'd love to know, do you have some, some good mental tricks that you use to stay sharp on race day or even when you've got a long training day? Yeah, I think that I really, I really... I've really spent a lot of time training that aspect because I think that as an athlete, you know, the physical training is very important and we, we do that all, you know, that's, that's the primary thing it consists of. But the mental training and being, just getting in a place where you're just focused and you're concentrated. And so for me in a race, it's very much that. It's, it's, I'm focused. I know what I want to do. I know the paces I want to hit and just sort of managing, it kind of sounds funny, but managing the pain. If you do triathlon, you know what I mean, that yep. it's not that, you know, you're having an injury kind of pain, but it's physically uncomfortable. You're breathing hard, you have lactic acid everywhere, yep. <laughs> you're, you're getting tired, and so just having that fortitude and that mental strength to push through that when your body is saying, okay, we, we can slow down now, and you're let go. <laughs> We're going to follow to the end. So, yeah. So you studied biochemistry at Wheeling Jesuit University. You are also a West Virginia gal, yes? Yes, that's right. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find that knowledge base is useful in your training, the biochemistry that you learn? Oh, yes, absolutely. My background for undergrad was biochemistry, and then I'm also a physical therapist. I got my doctorate in physical therapy. So it's a tremendous thing to be able to blend the two, and having that knowledge helps me so much because I really understand the human body. I understand how it works, how it recovers, 
how to maximize potential. And then it's really wonderful, too, because I know what to do to prevent injuries with myself. So if something is getting tight or, you know, if something is feeling a little bit tweaky after a workout, I know exactly what to do to get rid of it so that it doesn't become an injury. Oh, so do you have any any advice for those of us who maybe fall injured a little bit more often than we'd like? I guess, like, maybe what your warm-up or what some of your favorite post-workout stretches are to, to help prevent injury? Sure, yeah, I'm a big proponent of stretching. I stretch, um, I actually like to stretch before a workout and after. I know there's a lot of back and forth, did you stretch before or after? And I, and I think that it's individual for each person, how, just how their bodies are. Uh, but definitely stretching the quadriceps is a, is a really important one. Um, and there's different ways. You, know, you can do the traditional just standing and kind of pulling your knee back behind you or lying on your stomach and pulling, you know, having a band and pulling your knee up. But the quadriceps, having those flexible is so important to prevent knee pain. So that's a big one. And then hamstrings and calf stretching. And then I would say if I was going to pick maybe the four most important, I would say quadriceps, hamstrings, calves, and your glutes, your butt muscles. So doing like one of those, um, you know, having like the little sitting, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> where you kind of sit with your leg crossed and, and stretch your glutes that way. Or there's different ways. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, the seated stretch. Uh, you know what I mean, right. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I would say, I would say though that the stretching is a really important piece of um, staying injury-free. And then another thing I'm a really big fan of with athletes or even people just recreationally doing, doing exercise who are, you know, just regularly doing it is getting a massage even once or twice a month. It, it can be so helpful because, you know, you get a massage and then you find out, oh, that's really tight. I didn't know that was so tight. Or I have a really big knot in my hamstring that I didn't even know was there. And it's just working those things out before they become an injury. Because it, at some point, if you keep going with a big knot or a really tight muscle, bit, then it will become symptomatic and give you trouble. So I'm a big fan of massage, too. So when you're in training, tell us what an average day looks like for you when you're deep in training, when you're getting ready for something big. Right. So I train twice a day every day. Um, I have a professional coach. She's amazing. And um, each, I actually do, with my training, I do swimming, running, and biking because um, as part of my season, I will do some triathlons just as training to get ready. Uh, because there's a lot more triathlons here in California than duathlons. So, um, but a typical day would be like run, bike day would be one day. Maybe I bike uh, maybe three or four hours, which would be about maybe like 50 to 70 miles. And within that, there might be some intensity, like my coach might have me do some hill intervals within that ride or something like that, and then afterwards, maybe right after, have like a, a four to six mile run. That might be one day. And then the next day might be a swim run day, where I do an hour, hour and a half in the pool with, with intervals, really hard workout there, and then run after. 
So, so each day is a bit different, but every day is pretty much two workouts a day. Now, as a professional, okay, so you do a lot of things. I'm just over here being very impressed because you're <laughs> obviously a professional athlete. You are a physical therapist and you're an actress. And I mean, how, how does that work? Do you like, do you train and compete literally year round and you're always doing that? And then you fit other things in around that. Do you fit your training in around your PT job and then take on acting roles? Like when it seems like you've got some free time, I just, I'm dying to know how all of this fits in. And then you also sleep. Right, uh, that's a really good question, uh, because I am doing it, it is kind of like I have three different careers, with physical therapy, my athletics, and then the, the acting. So um, the answer is my training is my primary thing. So uh, I pretty much train and race. I race about nine months out of the year, and then I get a couple months of off-season training where I'm still training uh, one or two times a day, but... I'm not out of town racing, and, and the training is a little bit more of endurance space. It's not as intense. So um, I really don't get much. I get a couple weeks off a year from training, and that's really about it. So I, so my, so the answer is my training is my main thing, and then I fit everything else in around it. I'm really grateful. I, I work on call at a nearby rehab hospital, so... You know, it's a really flexible thing where they can call me and say, hey, do you have four hours today, or can you do a few evaluations? And then I sort of just fit that in. And then I also have some private clients that I see for personal training, and then some are also for physical therapy. And so I can kind of just make my schedule around my training for that. And then with the acting, yeah, pretty much, auditions or meetings with, with agent, manager, different things like that, that I just kind of fit in around training as well. You know, like an analogy that I kind of, that somebody said one time that I liked, is it's kind of like driving a stick shift. Like, I don't know if I'll do this analogy correct, because I personally don't drive a stick shift. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> work with me here. We'll, we'll try and see if this comes out and makes sense. But it's kind of like, you know, there's, there's certain times of the year, like right now I have the World Championships coming up and I just have the National Championships where it's really like gas on the athletics and my acting, I sort of let off the clutch. And then there's other times where um, maybe in my off-season where I have a little more flexibility to book things or be available for, you know, long shoot days. And then it's kind of a, a bit more like gas on that and, and kind of letting off a little bit on the athletics. What do you think? Did, it, did we do good with the analogy? <laughs> I think so. I have one of those. I, I never learned to drive a stick shift, and it's one of those things that makes me nuts as an adult. I, I wish I had done that because it looks like it's fun to do, if nothing else. <laughs> Oh, well, I did learn. I'm still terrible at it, but, um, but yes, it, that totally works. Like you do have to kind of have that balance. Like if you hit too hard, so if you pop the clutch, then you just stall, which means you're not going anywhere. And if you really, really gun the gas without letting off on the clutch, then I'm not sure what happens, but I think it's pretty bad. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, you really do have to balance those two things as you push down on one, you've got to let up on the other. Right. I think it's 
took me a while to get into a good, uh, like a good balance with all three. Because certainly in the beginning, when I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I get all of my training in, be rested, sleep enough, like you said, because I do sleep nine to ten hours a night, believe it or not, with all the things I'm doing, and and make all of this work. And I really am so grateful that I've gotten to a place where I feel like they're very well balanced. I I never feel overwhelmed. I just feel really grounded and, and like, just, uh, you know, sort of peaceful, I guess, about the three things I'm doing and, and finding the joy in them. So in addition to running and cycling, do you incorporate any kind of cross-training into your workouts? Um, a little bit. In the off-season, my coach will have me do more uh, cross-training, like maybe cross-country skiing, um, some intense uphill endurance hiking, things like that. But once I'm in season, it's, it's very sport-specific. My coach, you know, she doesn't want me... I don't want to say wasting energy on other things, but it's very much like if this is how much my legs can do in a day, that she wants it to be running, cycling, or swimming. So um, I do. I still do gym workouts. She'll have me go to the gym, and I do some leg lifting. I keep my core and my upper body strong. So that's an important piece. And then I do. Uh, I do some yoga. I try to do that once a week too. Awesome. Now, we talked a little bit about the mental aspect of training and racing for something like this earlier, but I understand that you're big on, on meditation, too. So I'd love to know if you have any, any resources or, that you'd like to go to or tips for athletes who are interested in incorporating meditation into, you know, into their training or, or into race day, which personally I'm a huge fan of having a mantra that will keep you going. So what are your thoughts on that? Right. I think that for each person, it's a little bit different with what you jive with. For me, I guess maybe a better way of saying that is for each person, what meditation means could be something different. I mean, to some, it's, you know, sitting on a rock with their legs crossed and doing the whole, like, kind of posing and stuff like that. And I do it more of a, it's more of like a visualization. It's, It's just spending that quiet time of, just getting really grounded and centered and focusing on what I want uh, as far as my goals and dreams, and then being really specific in the visualization, say if I have a race the next day or, you know, coming up, it's like picturing myself on the course, like being really fluid and strong and feeling good and, and everything's just sort of moving along perfectly. And, and, and kind of like I talked about earlier, it sounds funny, but like managing the pain or, or the, that physical discomfort that most definitely will be there, but being able to sort of pre-mentally prepare for that, then when you get in the race and you are in that state of oxygen dead and everything's burning and hurting, they, they, it's, it's like, okay, I've already, I've already done this in my visualization, I'm good. Like, let's just, let's go, we can do this. So I think it's, it's for me, that's, that's the most effective way. And then I don't know if you have ever heard of Abraham Hicks, but I'm a big fan of her material. Yeah. She does a lot of just guided, even, um, you know, just like YouTube videos and things like that. I think that her material is just really great to get in a good feeling, good vibing place. Sort of that law of attraction mindset, just attracting what you want to happen in your life. 
So who are your athletic heroes? Who do you look up to? Who do you want to emulate? Hmm, that's a really good question. Who do I want to emulate? I don't, I don't know if, I will say that my, the people that I look up to and have the absolute utmost respect for in the athletic world are the para-Olympic and para-athletes, meaning like the, those athletes that have disabilities. Um, as part of Team USA, there's, there's also the para-athletes who race. And I, every time, am blown away and inspired and so motivated by, by these people. Just that it's, it's, it's a thing where, you know, it's, here we are as able-bodied athletes. Yes, we're working hard and we're training hard and we're pushing and we're not giving up and we're doing all of the things that it takes to succeed. But here's people that are doing those same things and they have maybe a missing leg or they're blind or they, you know, just, and so for me, every time I'm racing with those athletes or watching those athletes, I'm so inspired by the possibilities and just the absolute potential of human beings. It's, it's just really inspiring to see that. Now, let's shift focus a little bit. I have got to know about your nutrition because being that busy, being that active, I know that your nutrition has got to be on point. Um, so do you have any favorite foods or favorite favorite recipes that you think really help to boost performance? Yes, I, I do. I eat really healthy um, and I eat really balanced. I don't, a lot of people ask, you know, do you not eat meat or, or red meat or these types of things? And I, for me, protein a good protein meat source is really important to me. So a lot of times for dinner, I'll have just a mixture of like maybe organic chicken and vegetables and pasta. Just that way I'm getting my carbs, my vegetables, and my protein. Or I do a lot of, also I do a lot of smoothies with just a variety of good healthy stuff with a good protein powder, with uh, fruit, glutamine is a really good supplement for recovery, so I do glutamine with, with my shakes. What else do I eat? So I eat, I eat really pretty balanced, but yeah, I would say that for me, when my training, when I feel a little bit flat, it's almost always because I'm not getting enough protein. So I really have to make sure that, that I'm doing that. Oh, what did I say? Was that, was that thorough enough, or would you like more detail on the, the nutrition. <laughs> Make sure I'm answering your questions appropriately. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think the focus on protein is um, is really important. So, yeah, I love it. Okay, awesome. So we have just one more question for you, okay? It's a very important question. We ask this of everybody that's on our show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Kristen. What was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Oh, that's a good question. And, oh, and I'll tell you what it was because I like this song. It came on and I was completely jamming in the car. And it, um, well, I'm from West Virginia, so I love country music. I mean, I like hip hop and other things too, but gotta, gotta love country coming from West Virginia. And um, it was a country song, Dan and Shay, How Not To. I don't know if you've heard it or if you like country, but that was it. That was the last song I listened to. 
That's a great answer. We get so much Justin Bieber. <laughs> we do get a lot of Bieber. A lot of Bieber and a lot of Hamilton soundtrack. So it's, it's, it's nice to get a different answer like that. So definitely, that's a wonderful answer. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, girls. I really enjoyed it. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitfoundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.